As you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love 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 your good good father it's who you are it's who
Hey, good morning, New Hope. If you want to make your way back to your seats, we're going to go ahead and get started. So good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. A couple people happy. A lot of people happy. Um, the book of Psalms, I'm going to be reading from the, well, trying to read from the New King James Version. Psalms 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not, are, are not so but are like shaft which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly will perish. When we come to church, when we decide that, okay, Sunday morning, first day of the week, in the morning, I'm going to make going to church a priority. When we do that, we make a choice to sit in the congregation of the righteous. We make a choice to say, I'm going to fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to give the Lord what he deserves. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to listen to his word. I'm going to fellowship with his people. And so because you made that choice today, guess what? God says you're in a blessable place. It says that you're blessed, that you're going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. Imagine that tree, the strength of a tree planted by the river, just getting nutrients, always bearing fruit. That's God's plan for you and I, amen? A couple quick announcements that I just want to talk about. This week we will have our youth camp, so that will be from 9.30 to 8 o'clock at night each and every day. If you want to participate in that, so that's for 7th grade to 12th grade, if you want to participate in that and you have not yet signed up, see Chris. Chris, you want to raise your, raise your hand, do a dance, let everybody see you. All right, she's not going to do a dance, but that's Miss Chris. If you don't know, if you need to sign up, uh, we need you to sign up, even if there are certain days where you can come. We just want to be able to plan for that so we can plan for food and, and all those things. So see Chris and sign up for that. Also, the Vacation Bible School will be this week. It will be Wednesday and Thursday from 5 to 7. And if you would like to help with Vacation Bible School, there will be a meeting on Monday from 5 until 6. So um, also, this Tuesday... Uh, or Friday coming up will be our New Hope block party. How many people have came out to Hope for the Streets? One time, heard about it, know about it. All right, well, you know, that's been a great outreach for us, but every year we do a, a block party, and so we're going to close off the street out front. That'll be Friday from 5 to 8, and we're going to have backpacks that we're going to give away. I think we have between 80 and 100 that we're going to give away full of school supplies. So if you know, if, if you guys need any school supplies or know kids that need some, 
That'll be the day, Friday, to give them away. We're also got a whole, we have a whole team of awesome people who have went around and asked businesses for donations. So we have so many gift cards, everything from Phipps Conservatory to Subway to Laser Tag, the Fun For All to different restaurants, Burger King, all the, so we're gonna give away tons of stuff, tons of gift cards. We're gonna have Annie Lee's food truck is gonna be giving away uh, we have 150 free meals that will be given away from their food truck. We're going to have Kona Ice there. Ice Cream Therapy is going to be there. Um, we're going to have all kind of dip. We're going to have worship. We're going to have people performing. We're going to have uh, some Christian hip-hop artists. Bo's one of them. Tay's going to do a song, I think. Um, our worship team will be out there. It's Sorry, I thought you were behind me, but I see you're there. Um, and so we're going to have testimonies, and it's going to be just a great time. Um, and so, you know, invite your neighbors, invite your friends, invite your third cousins, whatever. I mean, there's going to be enough people. Even if you don't like them, you won't have to see them that much because the street's going to be packed. So invite them, and it'll be a great time, and we're going to show Ambridge some love. Amen? And we're going to show them that, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the thing is, is that, you know, we do stuff like this because, yes, we want to bless the community. And, yes, we want to let people know that we're, we're here. But, you know, if we want to reach the lost, if we want to reach people, you know, you have to do stuff that's going to bring people in. You know, you can't just build a fishbowl and say, man, I hope some fish jump in it, right? Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. So we want to bring people in for a good time and and let them know, like, hey, you know, come to the block party, then it's just another step to come to church on Sunday, and one more step to say yes to Jesus, one more step to getting baptized, right? And then one more step to changing whole family lines, amen? So I, I hope that you guys are excited for today. I am, I know that, that God's put a word in my heart uh, that I think is going to help you, it's going to challenge you, and maybe stretch you a little bit, but... It's going to build you up in the faith. So if we want to just all stand to our feet, we're going to give praise to the Lord. And, you know, we, we praise him because he's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. And we praise him because, you know, when we praise him, it says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so when we praise him, his presence comes and dwells among us. Amen. And so... They're, they're, we're ushering in the presence of God. So I just want to encourage you to just loosen up and just focus on Jesus and just allow this to be your time. And, and however you choose to express yourself in worship, whether you want to raise your hand, whether you want to come over here and wave a flag, sometimes some people like to dance, sometimes the spirit moves in and it makes you cry. It's okay. You know, there's freedom in this house. So let's just let the river flow. Let's let the river of life flow through this place. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. Lord, and I thank you for what you're doing in this congregation, in our communities, and in our lives. Lord, we thank you that your word says that the path of the righteous is like the shining of the sun. It just keeps getting brighter and brighter as we draw closer. So, Lord, we just invite your presence to dwell here among us, Lord. 
to have your way in this service, Lord, to, to heal the brokenhearted, to break strongholds, to do deliverances, whatever you need to do, Lord, have your way in this place. And in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen.
Bye.
get ready to speak into the service, Lord. I ask that you just allow us to just bend our knee and give up whatever we are going through right now, Father, so that we can gain what you have for us this morning, Lord. Father, allow us to empty our vessels so that we can be restored, restored of you and your power and your strength and your glory. Father, allow us to empty ourselves so that we can be healed, made new, made whole. Father, we are nothing without you. Our lives are nothing without you, Lord. Father, as we get as we continue this service, Lord, uh, allow these people in these rooms to just gather themselves, be empty themselves, so that they can seek you and see you, and you only. Father, as these kids get ready for their for their word, Lord, open their ears and allow them to listen to you. Give these teachers the strength to teach and preach your word. to nurture these kids, uh, to take care of these kids, Lord, as you did for us. Father, I thank you for this time together, and I thank you for what you're going to do in this service and for these kids and for the people and for these families. In Jesus' name I pray. go ahead and continue in worship with our offering. Book of Proverbs eleven twenty four says, there's one who scatters, yet increases more, but there's one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. You know, there's times in our life where things come up and finances begin to get tight for us and you know, one of the first things we do is say, okay, you know what, my finances are tight right now, I got to pay these bills, so I guess I'm not going to be able to give any more offerings. And, you know, how many of you know that that shuts down the flow of what God wants to do in your life? The Bible says that there's one who scatters, yet he increases more. So it's counterintuitive that if you give more, that you increase more. But that's the kingdom. That's the way that the kingdom operates, that I sow a seed. And sometimes, you know, it feels like, okay, well, hey, I'm not, if you want to bring the lights up, please, uh, you know, it kind of can seem like, hey, I don't have enough to pay my bills, and I'm not going to have enough to pay my bills, but I got a seed, and I'm going to believe by faith that I'm going to sow this seed, and God, your word says that you will provide for all of my needs through your riches and glory. And you trust in that and you sow in faith and just watch what God does. Lord, thank you for everything that you've given us, our time, our treasure, our talent, uh, to be in this country, to be at this time. Lord, everything that you've given us, Lord, uh, Lord, we could never repay you or, or pay you back for what you've done for us, Lord, but... But as we sow, Lord, may we come into agreement with your word that as we sow, Lord, that you will multiply that seed so that we would have an abundance for every good work. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. As the guys go back and uh, take um, the offering, um, if you'd like to give electronically, there's ways that you can do that. There's a QR code even on your bulletin. Uh, if that's easier for you, 
Um, also, I don't know that I mentioned that for the block party, if you can help in any way, if you'd like to be a part of kind of setting up, tearing down, helping, you can't have the bounce house because my mom's already claimed that. <laughs> no, she, you, you got to have a grace. Like if you run the bounce house, like you got to have a grace for like some of these kids from Ambridge. It takes a special, special grace of God uh, to have that. So, um, but there's going to be different things, uh, popcorn machine, bounce house, um, food, beverages. Um, you know, we're going to have a lot of different stuff. So we're going to have a planning meeting Tuesday at 6 o'clock. So Tuesday at 6 o'clock will be the planning meeting for the block party. So if you can help out in any way, be here. We will do that um, downstairs in the fellowship hall. So uh, 7 all right, let's do it at 7. So the meeting will be at There's a reason why it's at 7, too. I can't remember exactly why. But there's something going on. But we will have it at 7 o'clock. My mind's a million different places today. Um, so, yeah, 7 o'clock, block party meeting, downstairs in the fellowship hall. All right, got that out of the way. Um, so I, I got to, uh, last week, I, I went to Geneva on the Lake for... A couple days, um, it wasn't long enough, but it was, it was a good time, and I was coming back from Ohio, and I crossed a big sign as you come into Pennsylvania, and a big sign says, welcome to Pennsylvania, pursue your happiness. Did any of you know that that's our state slogan? Pursue, Nancy did, pursue your happiness. So if you, you know, if that's our state slogan, and you can come, then Everybody in Pennsylvania should be happy, right? There's no, absolutely no miserable people in all of Pennsylvania, right? Pursue your happiness. That's what I've called uh, this series of messages that we're going to do. It's called the, the Pursuit of Happiness. And the reason that most people don't find happiness is because they don't pursue happiness the way that Jesus said that we should. They pursue happiness the way that the world says they should, sort of you know, the American dream, you know, get enough fame, get enough money, get enough power. But how many of you know that those things are all short-lived and, and they don't bring happiness uh, to a person? If they did, you wouldn't have. Why do you think you have so many celebrities overdosing on drugs, committing uh, suicide? Because they've got to this place where they thought that it would bring them happiness, but it didn't. Why? Because they're pursuing happiness in a in a worldly way. And so, you know, Jesus has a better plan than the American dream. It's called the kingdom dream. And so let's see if you guys remember, Jesus didn't come to build a religion. He came to build a, man, he came to build a kingdom. Jesus did not come, you guys are lucky I'm not testing you. Jesus did not come to build a religion. Jesus came to build a kingdom. That's why one of the first things that Jesus said when he came out of the wilderness was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the moment that we start thinking kingdom and quit thinking religion, then we'll begin to understand what Jesus truly came to do. And with that kingdom that Jesus brings, he brings an entirely new culture. And he defined that culture in something called the Sermon on the Mount. And that's Matthew 5, 6, and 7, 
again, that's the painting that's depicted above me. And it starts with these eight sayings called the Beatitudes, which are spelled out around the, the, the sanctuary at the top of the poles. Again, don't open your mouth when you look up. You know, you might eat a paint chip or something like that. We don't want you to do that. We need all the, the brain cells that we have. But Beatitudes. These are attitudes that should be part of our very being if we are kingdom men and kingdom women. That's what it's all about. Uh, uh, Beatitudes. We are set apart and we should be different than the rest of the world. Amen? Because we're not, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we should be different than, you know, we shouldn't be people that just add going to church to the rest of our life. We should be different and live our life according to a, a totally different culture because we represent a, a higher kingdom. The, the Bible says that we are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Do you know why we don't pay taxes here on the church? Well, you don't pay taxes because you got a 501c3 and you got a nonprofit. No, this is an embassy. This is an embassy of the kingdom of God. We don't pay, embassies don't pay taxes, amen? This is an embassy of another kingdom. We represent a different kingdom, therefore, we have different values. And so the first one that we looked at last week was blessed are uh, the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So for me to even enter into the kingdom of God, I have to come to the end of myself, realize that I can't do life on my own, I definitely can't get into heaven on my own, but, but I acknowledge the fact that, that I have a spiritual poverty, that I can't do things on my own, but there's a value in that because not only is that the first step to me accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I realize I can't do it on my own, but also, it gives me the ability throughout my Christian walk to tackle things that are, are, are a lot bigger than me because without Jesus, I, I can't do anything, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. So, so it's, it's counterintuitive, but you know, you have to go low before you can, you can go high. And, and the next beatitude that we're going to read not only is it counterintuitive, it's also going to sound kind of contradictory as well. Um, it, so we're going to read it together. Matthew 5, verses, uh, Matthew 5, 4 said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. If you could just bow your heads, I'm just going to pray for this message. Father, I just ask that you would add a blessing to your word. Lord, I, I pray that you would give me the words to speak to your people this morning. That you would meet us just right where we're at. Lord, that you would take any word that I would speak and you would make it into a rhema word for each and every person here. Lord, that we wouldn't just leave here just hearing a good message or coming off a spiritual high, but we would take this and we would use these principles to transform our lives. Lord, we thank you that you are raising up a kingdom people, a blessed people, uh, a people who uh, are standing strong, won't compromise to the world's values. Lord, that you're raising up an army, Lord. So help me to give the instructions, the marching orders to your army. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
one of the, the images that I think will always be etched in my mind was at the funeral of a 21-year-old boy. He thought that he was taking a, a Percocet. He bought him off the streets, and he thought he was taking a Percocet, but what he did is he took a pressed pill that was laced with fentanyl, and within taking it, he, he died, and they weren't able to bring him back. So just a little warning, like if you're buying pain pills on the street, you are playing Russian roulette, and you are playing with fire, just so you know. But I, I was here, and, and, and we, the, the family never really came to church, but I, I knew them because they had played, you know, he had played sports on Quaker Valley, and um, we would go to the games when Trey was playing, and Taylor was a cheerleader, and we would always sit with them and talk, and we were here, and I was going, you know, kind of wrapping the funeral service up, and, and I got to the end, and I think right there, the, the reality hit him that, you know, that uh, of what exactly what was happening, you know, that, you know, that there was, there was an end to this, and, and I just remember kind of closing and, and wrapping everything up, and and then him just getting up out of his seat, just screaming. He was like, no, no. And then he was literally like jumping onto the casket and his family was, was trying to pull him off. And I was walking down the side of the aisle and I was just, my heart was just broken. I was just, I, I just, I just kept, kept crying because it was, I, I just felt that grief, you know, that grief that a, a father had for, for his son. And, and when you look here at, at the Greek word for mourning, that's exactly the emotion that it's trying to, to capture. It, it's, it's a deep grieving, like you would grieve over the death of the loved one, something internally that, that, that ends up audibly. It, it, it's a deep, it, it's a deep uh, grief. And so, you know, when, when we look at this scripture, it's kind of hard to understand because how can we be blessed, or it could be translated happy, how could we be blessed if, if we mourn like that? Or, or what really are we mourning? Like, like when we look at the Beatitudes, we talked about like blessed are the poor in spirit. It didn't mean materially poor because, you know, you can be materially rich as the Laodicean church was but they're still poor in spirit and it didn't mean materially poor so we had to go a little deeper and in the same way when we look at this beatitude for the word mourning we have to go a little bit deeper now perspective is you know a funny thing like you know when you when you have the right perspective like your perspective can change no matter where you're at like if I'm standing next to Sherry, I can feel pretty tall. I can feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm a tall person. But then if I stand next to Sarah's husband, Lance, then I feel very short all of a sudden, right? It's all, it's all relative. I can be tall or I can be short. It just depends. You know, it's just like I can feel old or I can feel young depending on the, the person that I'm around. It's it's perspective and the perspective of this is, is is mourning it's about mourning for your sin because when I catch a glimpse of of God's holiness 
then it makes me realize my sinfulness. Like, if you get a glimpse of Jesus, of, of truly who he, uh, who he is, and, and you realize that that's, that's truly what you should be like, then, that, then you have no choice but to mourn because there's a huge gap between what you are and what you should be in the eyes of God. We have this uh, passage in Isaiah 6 where Isaiah was, was taken up into heaven and he was taken in the throne room of heaven where these angels are, are flying around saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the first thing he did is he gets into the presence of God is, is he says, you know, woe to me because I'm a man with an unclean lips. Like in God's presence, when he sees God's holiness, he realizes what a sinful man that, that he is. And we see the same thing in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 8, where, where Peter is confronted with the holiness of Jesus, and he just hits his knees, and, and he yells out, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. See, that's, that's perspective. When I see God's holiness, then all of a sudden I see my sinfulness, and that brings a mourning and a grieving in my heart. See, we need to recognize that when we look at these Beatitudes, they're not just random sayings. They're like links on a chain. And you can't accept Jesus until you realize your, your need for Jesus, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. But, but after that, there should be deep repentance for our sin. I know that all the years that, you know, that, that I don't, you know, I wasn't really a believer. And then, you know, when the Spirit of God hit me and I became overwhelmed and it just melted me I just I, I was grieving for my sin because I knew that you know I, I blasphemed God I said there was no God I used to make fun I remember a guy was witnessing to me at the bar sitting there with a diet Pepsi and I, I threatened to beat him up man guy was killing my buzz and I had a good one going too and he's sitting right next to me and man you got to get saved you got and I'm like dude if you don't get away from me man I'm gonna punch you in the face in Jesus name <laughs> and I had to repent from all that and all the things I've done and all the wickedness that 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 I did like we accept but then there should be repentance Jesus said repent for the kingdom of God is at hand so acceptance and repentance need to work together to achieve salvation, but this practice of repentance should be an ongoing practice in our Christian walk. The, the reformer Martin Luther said like this, he said, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said repent, he intended that the entire life of believers should be repentance. Turning from sin and trusting in the good news that Jesus save sinners is not just a one-time experience but it should be a daily substance of Christianity the gospel is for every day it's for every moment of our life and repentance should be a Christian's continual posture because as you get closer to the light you begin to see more and more darkness you know it's like you go in a room and and you shine the light and it's a mess and you kind of get all the junk out of there and clean it out but then you realize there's cobwebs in the corner and there's spills over here and and so as the light as you get closer to Jesus you begin to 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 recognize your own sinfulness so you and I know the standards 
We know the standards of the things that we're supposed to do. Are you meeting those standards? Let me ask you a serious question. When is the last time that you grieved over the sin in your life? When is the last time that you sat there and you, you, you grieved because you had a sin in your life and, and you can't overcome it? No matter how much you say that you're not going to do it again, you do it again and again. When is the last time that you grieved for your sin? Or have you just allowed your heart to turn dull and you've just decided to make peace? with your sin and you settled for something that you should be making war with. I want to look at a, a verse of scripture from the Apostle Paul and where he talks about kind of struggling and, and making war with, with his sin. Now, now I, I don't want us to forget the amazing things that Paul did. I mean, he went on missionary journeys, planted churches where there was no churches, he healed the sick. He even raised the dead. He wrote two-thirds of the, the Bible, two-thirds of the New Testament. And in Romans 6, he talks about that when we put our faith in Christ, that the power of sin is broken off of our life. However, in Romans 7, when you turn there, we see that uh, although at the cross the power of sin was broken in our lives, the Apostle shares that there is still an internal struggle that he experiences on a regular basis. And if you're really honest with yourself, and if you and I are honest, we have the same struggle. If you're with me, say amen. amen. This is going to help you today. Romans chapter 7, 21. Romans 7, 21. He says, I, I, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. So here he's saying that there, there's actually evil present in him. This is the Apostle Paul. The, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, the, the man's fallen state, that we are all children of Adam, that this sinful nature has been passed down through mankind, and we have the knowledge of good and we have the knowledge of evil. You know, if you have a, a thing that, you know what, I, I want to go and make some money, there, there's a positive way that we can earn money and there's a way that we can get money by using evil. You have a knowledge of good and evil, there's, there, there's an evil inside of us, it's, it, it's our sinful nature and it resides in our flesh. Verse 22, it says, For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. The inward man is the Holy Spirit. So in the Holy Spirit, he delights in the law of God, but there's this sinful nature in his flesh, and, and he's, he's struggling here. And he says, I, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. 
Now, when we understand that just as God is a, is a triune God, that he exists as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we're also three-part beings. We're our body, our soul, and our spirit. I've used this illustration again, but um, we're going to... We're going to use it. Lance, just since you walked in, if you could come up here, please. Sorry, man, you just caught my eye, so. Second time using, using illustration today. So, this is the body. I need, I need like two more volunteers. I need one more. Does anyone want to step up? Anyone? Evan, come on up, buddy. Oh, good, Bob. We'll let Bob step up. Evan, you can step up, too. I'll use you, too. So, we have our, our, our body and soul. And so, like, before we're saved, this is what we're working with. Our, our, our soul is our mind, our will, and emotions. And what happens is these two guys are working together. So your body, your flesh, is working with your mind. Your flesh wants something. Your mind says, okay, well, how can I make that happen? You're actually spiritually dead. But then you give your life to Jesus, and Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. So here comes the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes into the picture, but these two guys have been working together for a long time. But now there's, the Holy Spirit is in here, and the Holy Spirit is trying to bring the mind into the law of God. And so what happens is the Spirit is perfect. Can't get any better, right? It's the Holy Spirit. It's perfect, totally saved. But then you have your body... And within your body, you're going to have this sinful nature that will not go away until the trumpet sounds. But then, this is where the battle is fought. It's fought in your mind. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And what the goal is, so a carnal man lives from the outside in. So your flesh makes all your decisions. But a kingdom man or a kingdom woman is supposed to live from the inside out. That means the spirit aligns with the mind and subdues the thoughts of the flesh. And so that's how things are supposed to work together. Now, Sherry, come on up. So at the time of the rapture, go ahead and you're going to knock Lance out of the picture. You're going to come up and you're going to take his place. We're actually going to get a glorified body. That's why this body goes to the, to the earth, right? It, it's so corruptible, but it's, but it, it's so corruptible, but it's re incorruptible. It's, it's so mortal, but it's raised up immortal. So that will happen when the trumpet sounds, but until then... You have to go through this process of the renewing of your mind. That's why the Bible says, don't conform to this world, but be transformed to the renewing of your mind. 
So now you're getting your mind through the Word of God to be synced up with your spirit, and now you're living through your spirit, and your mind can recognize the truth of God's Word and not the lies of the enemy. And so your mind aligns with your spirit, and that's how you walk in victory. Could we give our volunteers a round of applause? So, so what do we get from this, this passage of Scripture? It's, it's that we can expect to struggle with our sin. And if we do sin, we have an advocate named Jesus that we can take our sins to. And if we confess our sins, then He's faithful and just to forgive us. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. And honestly, I think for most of us that we understand religion and, and works more than we understand grace and we understand God's love. And, and so generally when I teach, I lean towards grace and, and love, the grace of God and the love of God. Because I think that's the, the, the revelation that people really, really need to have. But don't you ever take God's grace as a license to sin. Don't ever make peace with sin in your life. You need to wage war with your sin like an enemy that, that is trying to kill you. Because guess what? Your sin is trying to kill you. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And the sin that you are making peace with is the thing that's stopping you from getting to your full destiny to be the kingdom man or kingdom woman that God truly has called you to be. The Bible says that there's a narrow way that leads to life and very few will find it. There's a broad way that leads to destruction. That's the way that most of the world is going. But there's a narrow road that, that, that you and I are supposed to be walking and, and, and that pride that you can't put to death and that ego that you can't put to death and those anger problems that, that, that keep lashing out and that lust that you can't put to death and that jealousy you have over other people and that lack of even trying to be a godly wife or a godly husband and I can go so on and so forth all these things are like bombs just waiting to go off and sabotage the destiny of who God called you to be amen There was this guy named Carl Lentz, and he was a pretty famous pastor, and he was the pastor of Hillsong Church out in New York City, and, you know, God used him to build a really big church in the middle of New York City, which, you know, it's not an easy task. You know, a lot of churches go to New York and die. I mean, it's, it's not a very, like, church area. It's a very small percentage of people in this huge, you know, 10 million person city that actually go to church. But, um, you know, th this church was, was filling up seven times a day. I remember when we were in New York, we went by and there were people literally waiting to get into the church. There wasn't enough seats, so people had to line up early if they were going to make it into a service. But uh, there was this documentary that was on and they were talking about um, Hillsong Church and this was the first interview that he did in a couple years since the church was closed and 
And he confessed that since he was a kid, he had this area of sexual dysfunction that he just could not control um, in his life. And that led him as a pastor to have multiple affairs, even having an affair with the nanny that was kind of in his house, you know, taking care of his kids. And, and he said in the documentary, like, he knew it was all going to blow up. Like, he's like, I knew that, like, I was sitting on a, like, everything was going to blow up at some point, but he said that he just didn't know where to go, and he didn't know who to confess to, and, and so he just stayed in this place of sin, and everything came out, and the church totally collapsed. He was totally embarrassed, basically went into hiding for like three years. His family was wrecked, and a bunch of people who came to that church were now disillusioned with God because one man chose to not make war with his sin and just make peace with his sin. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. There's another translation that says, I batter my body to bring it into submission so that when I preach to others, I will not be disqualified. So I should hate my sin because it's trying to keep me from my destiny. You cannot conquer your sin until you hate it. If you make peace with it, you'll never conquer it. When you decide that I hate this, I don't want this in my life anymore, when you begin to hate your sin, then you wage war with your sin through prayer, through fasting, through the renewing of your mind, through accountability to brothers and sisters in Christ, through confession to brothers and sisters in Christ. And when you begin to fight, the Lord will fight with you. The Bible says that he who started a good work will bring you into completion. It may not come overnight, but if you set your mind that I'm not going to settle for this. God called me for better things than this. I'm not going to just wallow in my slop and in my sin and act like just because of God's grace that everything's going to be okay. You, you might even feel like overcoming some of the sins in your life is is an impossible goal, but I can tell you that you will never hit a target that you don't aim at. It might be hard to hit that target, but if you don't aim at a target and make that your goal, to say, you know what, I am going to live my life and I'm going to live the best I can. I'm going to live my life like Jesus. I'm going to walk like Jesus. I'm going to talk like Jesus. My goal is purity. My, my, my goal is to be holy like He is holy. And, and you may never get to a place of perfection, but can I tell you, there's victory in your striving. Let, let, let's say, that, let's say that, that you got what we would call a sailor's mouth. I'm sure nobody swears a lot here in this church or has a foul mouth, but this may be for your neighbor. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just using an example. And so this isn't you, this is them. Might be the person sitting next to you, definitely not you. But let's say that you have this problem, you have kind of a foul mouth and you decide you know what this is not the way that I should be talking as a Christian so Lord I, I, I want to fix this it's a bad testimony and and you start praying about it and 
and, and you start quoting scripture and the next day you're aware of it and you're like all right I'm doing good and and you're doing good all day and then you kind of like stub your toe on the corner of the coffee table and you like blurt something out and you're like dang I was doing so good and and you go to the Lord and Lord I'm sorry that I that I said that word and and, and I need you I need you to help me because I because I hate it and I don't want to talk like this anymore and I don't want to let corrupt communication flow out of my mouth. I I want to I want to be holy and and then you, you do good for a couple days and you're doing good and you're like man I got the victory over this and then you're driving and somebody cuts you off in the middle of the road and all of a sudden a bunch of stuff comes out once again like you know and, and you give them you know you tell them that he's number one for cutting you off but use a little bit different finger motion and then you're like dang I was doing really good and and then and you just keep trying and you just keep pushing and and you might not get it all right but 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 you're getting better but but it's like a child when they when they they begin to to walk and and you pick them up and they kind of have those like legs and and you're you're holding them up you hold them up and you let go and they fall and then you you pick them up and they they fall again and then you pick them up now all of a sudden they're standing and you're like wow they're standing and then and, and then they fall after standing for a few seconds and then you pick them up again and they start they take that first step and and and, and they're not walking they're not walking in perfection but guess what that is that's progress do you see the difference that that, that I can still be, have a thing in my life that I hate, that I that, that I I don't have the victory over, but I'm striving, I'm pushing, I'm I, I'm I'm getting better, and and and, I, and I'm trying every day to get a little bit better, and, and and once you see that child begin to walk, you you see progress, and you know that you know what if they go at this rate, that they're going to be walking normal in absolutely no time. So you can have the victory, even though you might not have everything conquered. When you decide that, that, that I'm not going to make peace with my sin, and you start walking, you can get the victory. And just like that, that parent is, is watching their child stumble and get up and, and take a couple steps and stumble and get up again, God's cheering you on. That's my child. Look at him. Everybody gave up on him. Everybody thought that, that he was no good, that he would never change. But guess what? He's changing. And he's getting better. And, and, and as he can get a little better and a little better, you know that, that it's only a matter of time before he breaks the bondage and breaks the chains of that sin. That's our Christian walk. That's our Christian walk. And, and there's a huge difference between some people just being comfortable and me trying maybe failing and trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and then getting it. That's the difference. And, and, and there's another level to the grieving and the mourning because we know, we know that we can be so much more, but we also know that our community and our world doesn't have to be like it is. We look out, we see the fallen state of the world and and that grieves us. And we mourn for the, the fallen state of the world. It says when Nehemiah was told about the condition of Jerusalem, when he was told about the condition of, of God's people, it said he sat down and wept. 
How many times do you look out at the world and just be like, it doesn't have to be like this, and it, and it grieves you, and, and you mourn that, that, that poor people should not be struggling so much like they are when we know there's more than enough to go around in this country. That, that no person should have to sleep on the streets that, that doesn't want to, that doesn't have nowhere to go. That, that teenage boys should not be killing one another. That should not be happening. That, that kids should not have to grow up without a mother or a father. That, that people shouldn't be dying from fentanyl left and right. Over 120,000 overdose deaths just last year. Twice the amount that died in Vietnam. And it shouldn't be so. People shouldn't be fighting over skin color because the Bible says that we all come from one blood and once we understand that it's the enemy's plan to divide us like a prison planet so that we're more controllable then we can start breaking free from that the country should be spending trillions of dollars on weapons of destruction when people can't even afford to go to the dentist and we can't even repair our roads or repair our bridges and and people are suffer, suffering with with sickness and and birth defects and and disease so we mourn at the state of this world because we know how it should be and this isn't the way that God created it to be and we as kingdom people will do our best to bring things into alignment but the reality of a fallen world is that we probably can't help everyone. People will still suffer. Countries will still go to war. Politicians will lie. Poor people will still be exploited. But yet in all that, there will be a comfort because we can look forward and we can see that there's going to be a day when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will return and He's going to fix everyone of those things that the government will be on his shoulder and guess what he's not gonna be voted out you don't have to worry about election fraud because the king doesn't get voted out once he's on the throne amen the curse that's been placed on the earth will be removed once and for all the lion will lay down with the lamb and it says that men will take their swords and and beat them into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. In other words, they're going to take weapons that, that were intended for war, but they're going to use that to, to feed people. And it says at that time that man will make war no more. It says also that there's a day coming where there will be no more death, there will be no more pain, there will be no more suffering, there will be no more sickness, and Jesus will wipe every tear from your eye. Blessed, blessed says Jesus, the aching of your heart, that maybe you don't, you, you don't do everything that you should do, the aching in your heart that, that the world isn't the way that, that it should be, shows you that you are in sync with the heart of Jesus. You've caught his vision for the world, and one day soon we will see what a wonderful world that's going to be. And as the early church said, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. If you could all bow your heads, if I could have every head bowed and every eye closed.
I just want to ask you this question. Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? If, if Jesus called us home, would you go with him? Would you be left behind? If you, if you went to sleep tonight, you didn't wake up. Do you believe that you'd be in heaven or do you believe that you'd be in hell? Bible says that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Every man, woman, and child has sinned. And you can't, you can't do anything to, to work your way up to heaven. But, but God did something. He loved the world so much that he, said his, that, that he sent his only begotten son to come to earth, to live the life that we could not live, to die the death that we should have died in our place for our sins. Today he's ascended and sitting on the right hand of the Father. And today you could say, yes, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to have my sins forgiven. I need to turn from the life I'm living and I need to turn towards Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit in my life to help me, to help fix the things in my life. You don't clean yourself up or, or do a bunch of good things and then, you know, that's when you come to Jesus. You come to him right now as you are and allow him through his precious blood to cleanse you of your sins. If that's you today and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity before we close our service. If you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I just want you to stick a hand up and say, today is my day of salvation. You just got to raise a hand straight up so I can see it. Anybody here, before we close our service, I just want to give you that opportunity. Worship team, if you want to just make your way forward, we're going to bring our service to a close. So, the good news is that we're all Christians. The bad news is there's a lot of people that are out in the world that are dying and going to hell. People that we work with, people that we see when we order our food. And we don't know how much time we have left. So I want to encourage you, begin to invite people to church. The challenge is if you could reach one person. If you could reach one person and, 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 and bring them to church, how fast can we grow the kingdom? How much more impact can we have? If your life has been changed by coming to this church, don't keep it a secret. Don't be in the secret service. Amen. You're in the army of God, but there's no secret service in the kingdom. We're to, we're to give an answer for the hope that lies inside of us. If we could just stand to our feet. If you just want to stick your hands out like this, just in a posture of receiving. Lord, as the pastor of this house, I repent for, first of all, for my own sins. The things that 
I've made peace with, that I need to make war with. Lord, forgive me. May the Holy Spirit help me. Lord, I want to be more like you. I don't want to be like this broken world. I want to be holy. I want to be righteous. I want to be a testimony to the world. I, I, don't, I don't want to be another hypocrite. So Lord, and, and, I, and on behalf of everyone here, Lord, Lord, we just repent from that sin, Lord, as you're bringing it into the people's mind, Holy Spirit, as you're bringing the things in, in all of our minds that maybe we've allowed to get a little bit too comfortable in our lives. Lord, we repent of those things. We thank you, Lord, that you paid for those sins. And then on the cross, that you broke the power of every sin in our life. There's no sin. There's no addiction. There's nothing that can't be broken by the blood of Jesus. So, Lord, I just break every, every bondage, every generational curse, anything demonic, any type of demonic stronghold that is on anyone in this house. I break it in the name of Jesus. I command you to go in Jesus' name. Lord, set your people free. Set your people free. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. We're going to stay a little for worship. If you need to leave, you go ahead and leave. Like I said, I'd rather you leave happy than stay and be mad. But Jesus loves you. And your greatest days are ahead of you. Amen. God bless you. Love you.
Thank you.